Matthew, Sandra, Angel. I promised my children I'd say hi because I'm a good mother. I keep my promises. So, who is now? Hello to everyone. <laughs> who is your favorite sidekick? My favorite sidekick is Sam from Lord of the Rings. I think that、uh, he said the best line in the whole trilogy. And you know, Lord of the Rings fan are gonna hate me, but he, you know, in the last movie. Um, he said to Frodo, "Mr. Frodo, I can't carry the ring for you, but I can carry you." I think it's the best line ever. Heroes are great, right? We love Frodo.、Um, we love Aragorn, right? But sidekicks—we often overlook them. Even though they're amazing, we love we we love our heroes. We should also love our sidekicks. So、um, recently, we went through a series、um, entitled "The Doubter's Guide to the Bible," and we looked at a lot of the big characters, the heroes in the Bible. And、um, now we're going through people of the fine print. We want to look at the sidekicks, if you'd like, in the Bible and、um, the lesser-known characters. And I am so blessed to be able to talk about Mary Magdalene. Delina, I've totally enjoyed the study、um, in preparation of this message. So let's pray as we get into it. Lord, I want to thank you that you love us. God, we thank you that、um, your hand has held ours all this time. Lord God, we thank you for Lauren and the beautiful song and how it reminded us of your love and your faithfulness. Father, I pray as we dig into your word today that. You will help each of us hear what we need to hear from you, Holy Spirit. Would you anoint my speaking? But would you also anoint the hearing, Lord God? We don't want to come and listen and walk away the same. We want you to change us, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So, who is Mary Magdalene?、Um, firstly, she was not. The prostitute who anointed Jesus,、um, I thought she was, and a lot of people think she is.、Um, Luke mentioned the anointing、uh, of Jesus by a sinful woman, and then he mentioned Mary Magdalene in two different parts, and he never said it was the same person. Matthew and Mark told us that the anointing with oil happened in Bethany, and then John confirmed this by telling us that it did happen in Bethany by Mary of Bethany,、um, Lazarus's sister. It was Lazarus's sister who anointed Jesus, not Mary Magdalene. So that's not. That's what. That's who she is not. So who is she? Jesus drove out seven demons out of Mary Magdalene's life. Imagine Jesus setting you free from something so debilitating, and imagine the gratitude and love Mary would have felt towards Jesus. As we were praying today before the service started, I felt that some of you need to hear this today. That whatever situation you are in, God can deliver you from it. There is nothing too difficult for Jesus. If Jesus could do this for Mary Magdalene, Jesus can do it for you. So after her healing, she travelled with Jesus and his disciples, along with some other women, and they took care of Jesus and the crew and financed their travels. Whenever any of these women are named, Mary Magdalene appears in the short list, often being mentioned first. This probably indicates leadership in the group. She would have witnessed 
Jesus' miracles, heard his sermons, learned from his teaching. And before the crucifixion, many followers ran away. But several faithful women, including Mary Magdalene, stayed. She was also present when Joseph of Arimathea laid Jesus in the tomb. She then went home and prepared spices and perfumes to anoint his body. And on Sunday morning, she was the first at the tomb. She found it empty and went to tell the disciples. Two of the disciples came and um, looked in, saw that Jesus was gone, and they ran home. But Mary stayed in the garden, weeping, apparently because she had been robbed of the, op the opportunity to honor Jesus by taking care of his body. Jesus then appeared to her and sent her to proclaim the good news that she had seen the risen Lord and that he would ascend to his father. When she told the disciples, they did not believe her. But Jesus later rebuked them for it. Yes. And then she disappears from the record, not being mentioned in Acts or in any of the letters. We don't know what happened afterwards to Mary, but what we know has been a tremendous blessing to us. What is one word that stood out to you about Mary Magdalene as you listened this morning? Think about it. Now tell the person sitting next to you and then type it in the comment. If you don't have someone sitting next to you, just type it in the comment. What is one word that stood out to you about Mary Magdalene? My word is faithfulness. Mary Magdalene was faithful. Firstly, she was faithful in the hype. I am anti-hype. I don't like hype. I don't like anything remotely hypey because I am my own woman. I have my own self-esteem. I don't need to follow other people and it still is like that. I'm just anti-hype. So some, uh, a while back I had the most amazing mobile phone, and I, I still have great memories of it, and I, and I still think of it from time to time. Let's take a look at this picture. This was my favorite mobile phone, the Nokia 3310. It was amazing. It, I, 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 you know, sometimes I needed to use the SIM card. I can't I don't remember why you need to use the SIM card, but it's so solid, you can't open it. So I would throw it with all my might and smash it and take out the SIM card, use it for whatever, and then I'll put it back and then I'll put the phone back together and then it's good as new. Um, once I dropped a Nokia, but not the 3310, into the toilet and then I took it out and then I rinsed it under the tap and I turned it back on. It was good as new and it lasted for another few years. And the battery, you charge it and then it lasts for a year. Okay, maybe not a year, half a year. And um, th this is the best thing and this is what I miss most about it. I could text without looking. I used to be able to text like this, under the table. I texted in the toilet, in the kitchen. I texted everywhere. I didn't even need to look. It was amazing and no typos. And then, this is one of the best parts. I spent hours on that phone playing this game. Let's take a look. The line is a snake. And that dot is what the snake eats. 
So the snake would chase the line, uh, sorry, the dot to go and eat it. And the more dots it eats, the longer the snake gets. So you have to kind of like eat the stuff but not bite yourself. So anytime the snake ends up biting itself, it would die. And it was so exciting. I remember, you know, the adrenaline and um, just, just, it was very exciting. And I spent hours playing that game. And then some bright spark decided, hey, let's come up with this thing called the smartphone. And I was like, yeah, no, I am my own woman. I don't need the smartphone. And so I, I, I stood firm for, for quite a while. I'm my own woman. I don't need the smartphone. After a while, I was truly my own woman because I had no more friends. All my friends were talking to each other on a smartphone. They were doing stuff together on the smartphone, namely Facebook. And they were just, and after a while, I, I had to give in because I like my friends too much. So now I have a smartphone. Here it is. And um, I don't like it. Firstly, I have to look to type. That means I can't multitask. And then the typos are horrible, incriminating in court. And um, I have heard, I've not done it, but I have heard that it won't survive falling into the toilet and it won't survive falling from great heights. And the batteries, you charge it and it lasts for 10 minutes. And then you're forever looking for a power bank or somewhere to charge the phone. And this is the worst part. There is a person in the phone called Siri or Google or Alexa who's constantly listening in on your conversation. My smartphone just said, what do you want? It heard me saying Google. And it's constantly spying on us. And my Nokia 3310 didn't have anyone in there spying on me, just a snake. And it did not spy on me. I don't like hype. Do you like hype? <laughs> did you know that when Jesus was walking on the earth, he was all the hype? Everywhere he went, there were crowds following. He was famous. There were rumors about him everywhere. He was a polarizing figure. People either loved him or hated him. It says here, soon afterwards, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news of the kingdom of God. He took his 12 disciples with him, along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons, Woo! Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's business manager, Susanna, and many others who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. Jesus was working, and he was all the hype. Thank God that Mary is not like me. She was in the hype. She was totally faithful in the hype. She gave of her time, her energy, her money. She went with Jesus and took care of him and the crew. Because of what she did, two things happened. Jesus could continue working. The ministry continued. People encountered him. Secondly, she had the front row seat. She would have seen the miracle. She would have heard his teaching. Her heart would have pounded. She would have gasped. And Jesus was totally rocking the world, and she was sitting in the front row seat. Jesus is still working today. What's God doing in our local church, in Launceston and around the world? I'm not only anti-hype in, like, practical stuff. I'm also anti-hype in the church. Well, I'm better now. 
I'm learning to be more humble. But um, years back, I was horrible. So um, I was back in my church in Malaysia, and then there was this new hype. Everyone was talking about it, and it was alpha. It was this new thing. Everyone was like, alpha, 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 alpha. And I was like, no, no, I'm my own woman. I'm not alphaing. No, not interested. And then my pastor said, hey, Winnie, you're really free. Why don't you go to the Alpha Conference? And I was really free. So I went to the Alpha Conference. I went to the first day, and then I came home, and then I told my husband, Tim, I'm not going back tomorrow. And he said, why? I said, because Alpha is stupid. And he's, <laughs> because in Alpha, you have to bring your friends to church for 10 weeks. I can't even bring them to church for one, one week. How could I bring them to church for 10 weeks? It's not going to happen. They're going to run it. No one's going to come and they're just going to forget about it. So I didn't get involved. My church did. They started running Alpha and they, and we started seeing not just individuals, but families coming to be saved and baptized and serving in the church. And I was like, but why would they come? But they did, and they keep coming, and then they bring their friends. And so I was a little bit humbled, not too much. It wasn't until I got my hands on a copy of the Youth Alpha Leader's Guide. Back then, we didn't have cool videos by Ben and Jason from Canada for Youth Alpha. It was me, and that was it, right? So I was looking at the uh, Leader's Guide. We had to give live talk, and I was like, oh my goodness, this resource is amazing. So let's do it. Let's run Alpha for youth. And we did. And over the years, uh, Tim and I, we've run Alpha for, uh, the youngest was 11 years old and the oldest was 85, not doing Alpha for youth, just normal Alpha. And um, we have literally journeyed with hundreds of people into a relationship with Jesus. And then later on, we went to work for Alpha. See, Alpha is not stupid, it's not. So we, later on, we went to work for Alpha and we trained thousands of people to run Alpha. And they have gone off to run Alpha and come back with incredible stories. Um, all because I got involved. I got to be a part of this amazing, amazing, exciting work. One of my friends said to me once, I've never seen lots of people come to know Jesus. I was like, me, me, I have, I have. And um, all because I got involved. If we are faithful to give into it our time, energy, and money, the work can continue. Jesus can keep moving, and we can, we'll get the front row seat and watch God at work. So get involved. So let me ask you again, what's God doing in our local church? Church online every Sunday, connect groups, hope rising, hope young adults, hope youth, hope discovery kids, alpha, woohoo, leave our house around the world, and in Launceston, what's God doing? Let's find out and let's get involved. Let's press in like Mary and find out what Jesus is doing and join in. Secondly, Mary was faithful in the dark times. It was amazing. Mary had been with Jesus. He, she saw all this amazing stuff. And Mary would have believed that Jesus was the coming Messiah. And she probably believed that Jesus was going to overthrow the Roman rule. And it, 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 there was nothing that Jesus couldn't do. She'd seen it. Jesus can do anything. And then he got arrested. And then he got crucified. And he died. Standing near the cross were Jesus' mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. Imagine her confusion 
and disillusionment. This wasn't supposed to happen. He's our Messiah. What about all the promises? What about all that hope? But imagine the pure heartbreak of watching someone you love so dearly, your savior, your friend, being tortured and killed. While many fled, she stayed. The officer confirmed that Jesus was dead. So Pilate told Joseph he could have the body. And so Joseph bought a long sheet of linen cloth. Then he took Jesus' body down from the cross, wrapped it in a cloth, and laid it in a tomb that had been carved out of the rock. Then he rolled a stone in front of the entrance. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where Jesus' body was laid. But despite her pain and confusion, she continued following Jesus. She literally continued following Jesus to the tomb. Saturday evening, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, went out and purchased, purchased burial spices so that they could anoint Jesus' body. She continued loving Jesus. She stayed. She didn't abandon him. Like Mary... And maybe like you, I too have experienced times of darkness, confusion, disillusionment, feeling like Jesus had died. He was silent. Um, when I was in college, I went through a very dark, difficult time. And um, it's about a year and a half. I, I just, it was just an awful time. I didn't know then, but looking back, I know now that um, I had depression. And um, in that time, I had the choice to do what Mary did, to stay with Jesus and continue following him, continue loving him. But I chose to leave. I was still going to church. I was still doing everything churchy. But my heart left. And I started doing something really, I started doing some real stupid stuff to spite God. At night, I would go to bed and I would hear the Holy Spirit saying to me, why are you doing this? I love you. Come back to me. And I'd ignore him. But three months in, I couldn't ignore him anymore. I was at church, I was at youth group on my knees, drenched in tears in repentance. Instead of scolding me, the father wrapped his arms around me, held me and restored me into relationship with him. Years later, I went through another very difficult few months and this time I was properly diagnosed with depression. But this time I stayed. I continued to love Jesus. I want to be like Mary, to keep staying and loving and serving Jesus, even in the dark times. Let's do that, shall we? Let's encourage each other to do that. Let's look out for each other when we go through dark times so that we don't leave Jesus, that we stay. Thirdly, she was faithful with the mission. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels. Not one, but two. I really think Jesus loves Mary so much. 
and as um, at one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they've taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they've put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus. But she didn't recognize him. Oh, dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've put him and I will go get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him. Imagine, imagine Mary's joy. And she cried out, Rabbi, which is Hebrew for teacher. She must have clung on to Jesus for a long time because then Jesus said, don't cling to me for I haven't yet ascended to the father, but go find my brothers and tell them I'm ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. It was true after all, all those promises, all the hope, everything. She didn't imagine it. It wasn't a lie. It was true and Jesus is alive. And she got to be the first one to see him alive because she didn't leave, because she stayed. You know, um, many people who have stayed through the dark, dark times with Jesus can testify of the amazing experience with the Lord simply because they stayed. Something that those who run away never get to experience. And then now, Jesus tells Mary to go and tell the disciples because she was the first person to see him alive. Can you imagine how outrageous the news would be? Now Mary had to choose whether or not to obey Jesus. She had many reasons not to obey Jesus. Firstly, she was a woman. Women were not reliable witnesses in Jesus' time and culture. Secondly, she was a woman with a past. I am a woman with a past. Anytime I'm with people who knew who were there in my past, anytime I do something a little bit remotely outrageous, they'll be like, ooh, there she goes again. Mary had many reasons not to, but she did. She was faithful to the mission Jesus gave her. Yes, some didn't believe her, but many did and do. Her story is still testifying of Jesus' resurrection. In the same way, Jesus has entrusted to you and to me the message that he loves us, that he created us, amazing and perfect, but we are ruined by sin. And because of that, he took that sin upon himself, went to the cross, died for our sins, and now we can be forgiven, we can be healed, we can be restored to a relationship, an eternal relationship with God. What an outrageous and amazing piece of news. I want you to imagine, what if us at Door of Hope, what if we are a community that busts with this hope, just like Mary, that we would go and tell our friends, our family, at work, at school, in the garden, with the trees, I don't know, just everywhere, we, that we just can't help 
but to talk of Jesus' love and help people come to Jesus. Imagine what kind of community we would be. Yes, many will not believe us. Many will go, woo, there they go again. But many will. And many will come into a living relationship with Jesus. May we be faithful like Mary in the height, in the darkness, and with our mission. Can I just pray? Father, I want to thank you for ensuring that Mary's story was passed down to us. In fact, in all four Gospels, it was recorded in all four Gospels that she was there at the crucifixion. Lord, would you help us? Holy Spirit, would you help us be faithful like Mary in the hype, that we will get involved so that your ministry can continue and so that we can watch you at work, God. And second, help us to be faithful to you in the dark times. Maybe we're watching this now and we need to return to you, Lord, because we have run away. I thank you that you don't scold us, but you wrap your arms around us and you restore us and you heal us. And thirdly, God, would you make us a community that is so excited about the good news of Jesus that we won't help but tell. We, we, can't be, we can't help ourselves but to tell of your great love, Jesus. Help us be faithful because you are always faithful to us because you have first loved us and you have been good to us. Thank you, God. We love you so, 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 so much. In Jesus' name, amen.